0: Berm came for the king, and he didn't end miss. Welcome to Bold Predictions on the Podcast Daily Freaky Friday. Berm, you did it, Brandon Ennis, Bold prediction hits, and I have to hand you the crown and concede the throne to you. You've done it.
1: It feels so good to be so smart. Um, <laughs> and the, the truth is secret. What's your secret? The truth is, I just randomly guess, and eventually you're going to hit on something. It's basically the same. Uh, as my my gambling uh, approach, just randomly pick something and one. I can't wait! I, I can't
0: wait until you hit and get a bet right. That'll be fun.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, I do think that Brandon Ennis was due. He's a kid that has has played in, uh, I think, every game for Ohio State this season, but has not really been a part of the offense yet. It felt like the type of game with Mecca Booker out, where he would get an opportunity to get some run. I didn't think it'd be like in the fourth quarter on a 58 yard bomb from Devin Brown, but I'll take it either <laughs> way. And um, that's it, it's that sort of play is just cool like a kid making his first career college football catch on the road 58-yard touchdown put on the brakes like you saw the jackson smith and jigba mecca buka type skill set that he has with the ball in his hands because it doesn't look like he's running that fast but no one could catch him and he seemed to be separated from people so that was interesting
0: all right well that is the new king jeremy birmingham i am austin ward and over there it's bill landis who is still looking to get both some bets and some bold predictions, hey, right? I got I got bets right last week. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, we are getting ready, of course, for Ohio State and Penn State Saturday at noon at the Horseshoe. Two unbeaten, can't wait for that. Uh, in this Big Ten East round robin, berm. Does Bill get to go first, or what's going on?
1: Uh, no, as the king, I get to go first, and I'm gonna just gonna Ooh. double down on something that I said, um, which people will see a little bit later today on on the weekend kickoff show. Some of it, anyway. We'll talk about that later. Um, the uh, Penn State has been sacked four times this year, and they've sacked the quarterback 27 times. And the first bold prediction is that Ohio State <laughs> will have more sacks than Penn State on Saturday, and that's what I said on the show. That's what I'm doubling down on and saying on, on this show. I I mentioned on, on that, on the weekend kickoff, that I thought you'd see two JT, two Maloa sacks. I've come around to the idea that you might actually see all four sacks that I'm predicting from the Ohio State defense coming from Michael Hall and Tylee Williams. All four of them from those two guys. <laughs> two, two each.
0: What are you doing to Bill over here? <sighs> two each.
2: Uh, this is his fault. Literally, oh, yes. I have it written down right here. Two sacks for Tylee Williams, two sacks for Michael.
0: I listened oh,
1: to these gosh. guys. I listened to these guys on Kings of Columbus on Wednesday, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, the interior of the Penn State offensive line is the mush point. Uh, Not the mesh point. That's a different type of Mm -hmm. thing. This is the mush point. And I think Michael Hall and Tyleek Williams are going to, they have to be the difference maker for Ohio State on Saturday, in my opinion. uh, And I think they will be. They've both played very well. I expect this to be a coming out party for those two guys.
0: Coming out party at the mush point.
1: Yep. Mm. It's New York's hottest club, the mush point.
0: What a moist prediction.
1: (laughs) It's, It's New York's hottest club, the mush point.
0: Lovely, Bill. What do you think about the defensive line in this game?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I was going to predict that Ohio, Ohio State was going to have four sacks and that two were going to be from Tyler Williams and two were going to be from Mike Hall. So if that happens, I'm taking credit for it. Um, but you can I guess I'll, it's okay. No, I'm going to pivot. I'll, I'll pivot. Um, I think Ohio State's going to have to throw a decent amount of screens in this game, um, to negate the pass rush of, of Penn State. I don't think Penn State's going to like sack Kyle McCord every time he drops back to throw, but but I I do think this is a different beast than Ohio State has has faced yet to this point, and um, they can help themselves by getting into the screen game, which we've seen them do in the past against Penn State. So uh, Travion Henderson's career high for receptions in a game is six. I'm going to predict that he has seven. And for the second straight week, make a Travion Henderson-based bold prediction and hope that he plays this week. So seven catches for Trevion against Penn State. So, I think I think eventually uh, he will, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna keep picking it every week until he plays again.
1: Think about how much the Penn State game in 2021 changed the trajectory of Trevion Henderson's career. Uh, based on just how he was running as a freshman early part of that year, then he hit the Penn State game and got molly walloped a lot in that game. Had a really big game, but physically, just has not been the same since. So it'd be nice to see a little full circle, uh, you know, opportunity here for Travion.
0: Yep. Wednesday night, we saw all of the Ohio State running backs in uniforms and in pads leaving the practice field. So it seems like that unit is trending back to full strength. I don't necessarily think that will be true at wide receiver. And if Emeka Ibuka is not playing, I think that a a super Marv performance is in the cards maybe no matter what, even if he played. But uh, without Emeka, and we talk about Cornell Tate maybe playing, Xavier Johnson, you still got to lean heavily on the best wide receiver in America. And after those three drops, uh, again, the way he talked about getting back to work and uh, the mentality of an elite All-American performer like when something like that happens, I think is fascinating to watch uh, the response. And, and Marv's on Wednesday night after practice was, I, I think, well worth uh, listening to if you haven't already or reading about, which you can uh, at OhioState.Rivals.com. So I dug into that a little bit on Thursday. I, I don't know. Penn State has a, a good secondary and certainly it helps that they're going to have an elite pass rush, but good enough to shut down Marvin. I think they were probably more equipped to do that last year at cornerback with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, no no offense to Kalen King, but it's going to take several people to stop him. I'm not sure that Penn State wants to devote two or three bodies to doing that. So I think Marv is going to have another 10 catches against the Nittany Lions, and these will go for 150 yards and two touchdowns.
2: I like that. I think like last year, for some reason, last year, my memory of that game is like Marv just running slants against Joey Porter for the entire game. But if you let go look in like the PFF stats, he kind of gave it to everybody. No matter who they put on him, he he got his completions. And I think like four different defenders or five different defenders were categorized as the closest defender to Marv on those receptions. So I think that's a good 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 pick. Cause I I also agree that I don't think Penn State, at least not the start, is going to throw extra bodies at Marv. I think they trust their secondary are going to play it pretty honest.
1: Yeah. I tend to agree they'll do that in the beginning of the game and that they will regret it. Um, <laughs> I, I do think the interesting thing is a year ago you had C.J. Stroud, who was in his second year on the road at Penn State. A lot of times we saw him check into those into those plays with with Marv, or the, the slants were, you know, Penn State was playing very off of him and giving him that. I don't know that they'll do that this year, and it may force Kyle McCord to be a little bit more precise with the ball down the field, uh, which makes it interesting to me. Um, but Penn State's given up only one touchdown passing this season, And so the fact that Austin's predicting two touchdowns. Really? One? Yeah. They've given up five rushing touchdowns and one passing touchdown. I realize. Um, The fact that Austin is predicting two receiving touchdowns for Marvin Harrison means Cal McCord is going to at least double up what Penn State's allowed on the season. And I think he is going to quadruple up what Penn State has allowed on the season because I'm changing my score prediction to 28 to 10 or 28 to 13, not 24 to 13 that I had on weekend kickoff. I'm just, this is all evolving. Uh-huh. I think Cobb is going to throw four touchdown passes on Saturday. Um, I really think this is a game where we are going to see one quarterback or the other come of age and and step onto the national spotlight and say, here I am, love me, celebrate me. And if I have to choose between the guy playing at home in front of the crowd that's going to be extremely loud on Saturday or the guy making his first real major road start, in the stadium where he dreamt of playing as a kid, and all uh, without the real weapons that uh, Penn State has had in the past at wide receiver, I think it's going to be McCord who does it. Um, and so I'm giving away my score prediction because we don't do those on this show anymore, anyway. So I'm I'm just I'm just updating it to 28 to 13. Ohio State is my final score, uh, and four touchdowns for Tom McCord.
0: Every touchdown through the air. Yes.
1: Who's going to catch him? Uh, two by Marvin Harrison, as you just said. Um, yeah, that's right. One by, one by Cade Stover. Mm-hmm, and of course. One by Xavier Johnson. Mm.
0: The the uh gambling apps are starting to get wise to my tips about Cade Stover every week. Like they're probably charging money. Yeah, we're not putting up yardage anymore for Cade Stover, and then we're dropping down the touchdown odds to 155. Come on, just give give still back. plus money. And it is still plus money. You're right.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Coming of age moment at the mush point for berm. I like it. Um <laughs> I'm going uh, to read a quote here from the from the book of Ryan Day. Um, okay. He said it, all, he said it on he said it on Wednesday. He said it on Wednesday night. Uh, it's about that time when you think of some of the freshmen who have made it. It's usually right around the middle of the season that they start coming on. So that time frame is about right here for Carnell Tate. Um the Colonel, the Colonel. He had three for 79 last week against Purdue, much of that on the long catch where he probably could have scored, but you know he cradled the ball like a baby uh, and started to (laughs) get get ready to get tackled before anyone was in five feet of him. And Marvin Harrison did say they gave him a lot of crap for that. Uh, I think he does not do that this week. I think he does get in the end zone. I think he has four catches for 75 yards and a touchdown in this game because I I just don't think Emeka is going to play just based off what we saw on Wednesday, that's just my opinion. That's not me reporting anything from the availability report, which we'll get uh, on Saturday. Um, but it just feels unlikely to me that Emeka is going to play. And obviously, Julia Fleming will play a lot, and Xavier Johnson and all the guys at Berms that are going to score touchdowns are going to be a factor here. But I think this could be uh, a little bit of a coming-out party for Carnell Tate. Um, and a guy that's like there's not a lot of film on, a guy who's probably not going to get a lot of attention because he's going to be out there with Marvin and he takes advantage of that space and time and opportunity with uh, four catches for 75 and a tutty.
1: Mm. The best way to make sure Marv doesn't get double teamed is to have two Marvs out there at the same time.
0: Mm. Double Marvs. Cloning Marv? Yeah. Have they done that? Have they perfected the technology?
1: It's not perfected yet, but if you look at Colonel Tate, uh, you can definitely see that there is some some of that there.
0: Oh, wow. That's wild. You know,
1: the first catch he had last week, the one like – he had a guy draped all over his back and like that's a a big time catch for a kid on the road in bad weather like uh, he does the little
2: things very very well that was like what was a third and like eight and he caught it like two yards past the line of scrimmage and then got over the marker yeah
0: i think he's good you guys both might be onto something there is he marvin good marvin keeps saying that he's ahead of the pace that he was two years ago which is a crazy thing to say but I guess statistically, there's also evidence of that now as well because Marv didn't really have any uh, any production until the Rose Bowl. So, I guess he's right. That's crazy. Can't Maybe don't call true. Marv no liar. I'm not calling him a liar. I never would. I think he means it. I don't know why else he would say it. He seems to be incredibly truthful this year about everything going on, including that Emeka's injury was an ankle, which I don't know that everybody was ready to. Certainly, Ryan Day wasn't ready to volunteer that information. <laughs> And that was useful for me because when he walked off the field, Mecca two weeks ago, it was his knee that was wrapped. And Berman said, "No, nah, I think it's an ankle. So maybe it's both, which would be even worse." But well, he he had a boot on
1: his foot. That's what I know. And uh, yeah. when they were touching him on the field, they were touching his shin and ankle. So that's what I. That's why I was like, "Yeah, it looks like a high ankle." Yeah, a well, Buddha. Oh, oh boy, this don't, is the dare, don't let
0: Kyle Rudolph hear that one, bud. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph is all over that. I don't think he's going to be allowed to call any more Ohio State games. If I had to make a guess,
1: you know what's funny about that uh, presentation? And now, now that we're just riffing on things, but they never showed it's replays. kind of what this
2: show is. They
1: never showed replays of anything in that game except for passes to the tight end. And then it was like, and I assume they were just doing that to make it easier for Kyle Rudolph. No, I mean you know, first time probably on a on a game where people are actually watching. Like I assume he probably had some nerves, but I I think they kept showing tight end replays. So they could be so he could know what was going on on the play. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all my, he
0: that's all he understands. History. Yeah. Um, he understood right. The
1: best anyway.
0: All right. Wrapping mm-hmm. up uh, round two of bold predictions. Drew Aller, uh does not turn the football over has not so far. Uh, great. A growing body of work. Uh, a ball control offense, not explosive. He's James Franklin is absolutely thrilled. He was beside himself on Tuesday and Wednesday talking to their media. This guy takes the check down, and I love it. I'm so happy. This is incredible. And you're going to win a matchup game. At some point, you're going to have to throw down the field. And I think that Jermaine Matthews is going to have a moment in this game where he turns that trend against Drew Aller, gets an interception, and takes it back, and it's going to be a pick six for the true freshman and he has that true coming out mush point moment uh, in this matchup. Uh, part of this is, of course, because I, I'm i skeptical about Denzel Burke's status for this game. You know, again, the limited windows and availability that we have to look into that. Bill and I and Doug did not see him come off the practice field on Wednesday night. Does that mean anything definitive? No, it does not. He could have come off 10 minutes before practice started uh, and not got any extra work or whatever. Normally, we would see him at that Wednesday point. So I'm just bringing that up. Uh, it's possible uh, somebody who has to be helped to the locker room the week before uh, can't put a lot of weight on, on their when they're walking to the locker room with the trainer that, you know, that they may not be able to play the next week. So we will see. And if not, I think as Ohio State moves the pieces around, Jermaine Matthews would be part of that rotation along with Jordan Hancock and Davison Igbenosin, because I think they're going to continue to want to use Jordan in the nickel along with Sonny Styles so There's moving pieces. Ohio State has the depth to do it. And I think part of that reason is that Jermaine Matthews is elevating it. I think he's ready. I'm excited to watch him play.
1: I just like when a young cornerback, young defensive back shows a physical impulse and what we saw out of him in the last couple of weeks on special teams shows that he's a kid who's ready to get out there and, and just make a play. Doesn't mean he's not going to make mistakes of course because he is a young defensive back and maybe you're going to get a moment where he gets beaten in this game but I think if he does get on the field, uh, his plus plays will be more frequent than his negative plays. I've got some weird stuff going on in my headphones so like It keeps dropping out of one ear and then flipping to the other. So if I look like I'm confused on YouTube, that's why.
0: It was confusing me because all of a sudden I could hear myself through your screen, which I didn't really enjoy.
1: Oh, peculiar. I'm not sure what's going on, but that's the
0: beauty of technology. <laughs> We're just doing our best. Just when we think we've got it figured out, we lose uh, 33% of weekend kickoff. Berm's headphones go haywire. It's been a week. When it's such a huge matchup, this is probably the time that that stuff is going to pop up.
1: It's crazy because it just keeps alternating which ear I'm hearing you out of. Instead of both ears, it's just going left ear right now. I can hear you out of, but a moment ago it was only the right. So this is this is perplexing, uh, <laughs> and that's that's quite all right. I only feel like I'm going a little bit crazy.
0: Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You thought you were. It was so easy to be the king all this time. Like when I was ruling the kingdom, and now you've discovered that there is going to be challenges and adversity that you have to handle from up high.
1: Touche. Touche. Le- lesson learned. Uh, as king, I get to make the next prediction, and it is this. Ohio State will return a punt for a touchdown. Just kidding. They will block a punt on Saturday against Penn State. Some They will block a punt against Penn State. Now, special teams has been the subject of a lot of discussion in the last couple of weeks for good reason. Um, I think that we have seen Ohio state a couple of times look like they were going to get, go after the punter in the last few weeks and then back off Uh, maybe sometimes intentionally, maybe other times because guys were just not lined up where they needed to be. A lot of things are on the table here. Uh, But in this instance, I think they realize that to be, they're going to have to put some pressure on. You want to know who?
0: Yes.
2: Mm Carnell Tate, whoa! Is he on the punt coverage team? Oh yeah. Okay. Carnell should Tate
1: know will block a punt on Saturday against the Penn State Nittany Lions.
2: Welcome FG to the is Show. Lore. Putting himself on the map uh, in a similar way to Chris Olave is a true freshman. Chris
1: right? Olave yeah. in seven
2: banks. Yeah, the <laughs> two
0: legends. <laughs> one went one way, and the other went the other i'll let you decide who's who
1: (laughs) well they both ended up in louisiana so it is true their roads were not quite as divergent as we uh are leading on this is driving me nuts in my ears oh my goodness
2: anyhow go ahead bill i likewise have a special teams bold prediction um yours is going to be bad though isn't it no 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 quite the opposite um if you watch the pick show, you'll know that I picked a three point win for the Buckeyes. Jaden Fielding will kick a game winning field goal in the final minute of this game to give Ohio State the win. Oh my idiom well, will
1: be an, uh, in a tizzy if it comes down to that.
0: I think the they're gonna be
2: in a tizzy for this game.
0: What do you mean, Berm? It's I'm just it's saying it's a four quarter game. It's a matchup game with unbeaten teams. What what kind of tizzy should they be in if they've got just the ball lead, on Jaden Fielding's foot to win the game.
1: There aren't many game-winning field goals in Ohio State history. <laughs> Let's just say, like, I don't think, it doesn't happen very often. I can't even, I think, I mean, I can't even remember the last one. Maybe like Mike Nugent in 2004 or something. Like, it's been a long Rose time. Bowl? Oh, that one. Yeah, that one counts. But, but it's a regular season. Let's talk about that. It. It's been a while. Not,
0: not like a 21-yarder? Okay, I'm going to be very
1: clear about what happened at the rose bowl i wasn't there okay i was at home watching that game with my family because i was told i needn't to travel for that to, uh, game for some reason and i was extremely drunk and i forgot that's how they won that game <laughs> so, all i remember was all touchdowns what, how,
2: what the touchdowns how did you think they won the game now if you forgot I just, that
1: part I, I remembered that they won but it was like 11 touchdowns and 12 plays between the both teams, and I thought it just ended up being like a like a, like a, a 48-41 to 41 type win.
0: But I forget now it's 48-45. You're right. It was a wild game, and I didn't enjoy having to cover it by myself.
1: I didn't enjoy having to write a commitment story at the end of the first quarter <laughs> when I was very drunk and, and not covering the game and still had to cover a recruiting story that nobody was going to read because it was happening at the end of the first quarter of the rose bowl on January 1st
2: who Mm. committed who was that
1: Cedric Hawkins Mm. Ohio State freshman defensive back one of the few freshmen who haven't played yet this year and it makes you wonder if that's why
0: yeah no sense (laughs) of timing from that guy uh the final touchdown to get to the score that I predicted is going to be Cade Stover it's not I don't know that it's bold anymore um, maybe it's mold to keep going back to it, but I just he, he's so important to this team. And if I get it right, I won't take Berms Crown back. But like, if you want something hey, that you can count on for Hold this team,
1: you get it, you get it.
0: If you want to ca- count on something for this team, like, I think that Cade Stover has become the most reliable target weapon. Like, no, again, that's not, I don't mean that as a slight to Marvin Harrison, but if there's. <laughs> If there's something breaking down, if you're looking to take advantage of something down the seam, like Cade Stover has been there, he's making every play uh, that he gets the opportunity to. He, you know, he picked up a little bit of an injury in the Notre Dame game. It's not slowed him down at all. He's played better since then, with three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He didn't have any up till that point, so maybe he needed that uh, to get going. He, I love watching Cade Stover play football. I love listening to him tolerate the media. Uh, I love when he gives his unfiltered thoughts, like this guy is pure football uh, and it's fun. And he's also making betters a lot of money. And I think that's important to keep in mind on bold predictions as well.
1: Do you yeah. think bill, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week um, when we were at roosters, but now with Brock Bowers out uh, probably for at least a month, maybe, maybe till the end of the regular season, at least for, for Georgia, if Kate Stover stays on this path and, is he the Mackey award favorite or does Notre Dame um, you know, Mitchell Evans, the seasons he's had, or maybe Colston Loveland up at Michigan. Like where do you see that going?
2: Mitchell Evans got hurt too. I think, didn't they, didn't they get hurt in their, I don't, I don't think USC game. Um, oh, maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know if that was, I thought, I thought I saw him down at one point. Uh, yeah. I think, I think Kate is
0: in that conversation. I'm just looking now. So he is, Well, part of it, uh, while you look it up, Bill, like, part of it is going to be determined by how he plays against Penn State with the entire world watching on Big Moon and with game day there. And part of it will be determined on the last week of the regular season. Like, that's the way it works for Ohio State players. Whether that should be the standard or not is, uh, you know, maybe a point of debate and conversation. But that, just like it was with the Heisman Trophy for C.J. Stroud, like, Ohio State players are expected to have their best performances and then win the game. That's not true for everybody at every position across the country when they win individual awards, but it does seem to be the case for Ohio State. Kate is um,
2: tied for 7th for most receptions by a tight end. He's tied for fourth or fifth i guess it is with touchdowns for a tight end and some of these guys just like aren't in the conversation so like he's he's probably compares more favorably he's third in the country in yards after catch for tight ends And i don't know if people who vote for the mac are that discerning but that feels like an important um data point and yeah i think i think the biggest thing is brock bauer is like not being front of mind for the next four to six weeks um
1: keenan bailey if he's able to pr- procure the first ever mackey award winner at ohio state in his first year as a tight ends coach the the job he will have on the recruiting trail over the next couple years will be significantly easier mm-hmm. significantly there's a tight end in Oklahoma who i'm sure they're reminding that of reminding of
0: i don't i don't think Keenan Bailey wants it to be easy don't. no
1: but i think you'd like a little bit of an advantage other than <laughs> tight ends always going you know what you don't throw the ball to the tight end so no
0: yeah yeah no you're true that's that's correct
2: I did ask him uh after practice last week how many K's were in Mackie and he looked like he wanted to punch me in the face.
1: <laughs> Keenan or Cade?
2: Yeah, Keenan, no, Keenan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Cade always wants to punch us in the yeah. face. That's, yeah.
2: that's that's not,
1: not different. different. That's why I was I was kind of shocked. I thought, well, that's his normal face.
0: Yeah. No, Rest Cade's clean. rubbing off on Keenan. Like they that's that toughness in the tight end room.
1: Yeah, Keenan does Keenan does look a little more grizzled lately. That could be because he has a, a newborn, but yeah, probably,
0: I'm, you know, I'm going to guess is. that's what's doing. <laughs> hanging it. out with Kate Stover. <laughs> I think it's probably because he doesn't get to spend as much time on work as he used to. Anyway,
1: should we, should we tell people about weekend kickoff, which is going to be live on Friday at noon?
0: Well, we're going to tell them about it when it starts. And we already mentioned it. Uh, the first mm-hmm. third of the show um, vanished into the ether. Uh, the, you know, That's it. I don't know. I'm gonna give a different intro for it. You'll miss the part where Bill was on there and uh, Zach and Bob. I don't remember which innuendos are cut from that show and which ones survived, but it'll be slightly shorter. There's still gonna be the chalkboard, there's still gonna be the hottest stakes, and there's and berm, you know, it gets a little weird like normal. That uh, Bob. That was all Bob. That had nothing to do with me. I don't know. You were you were in close proximity
1: the minute that i got on the show i was trying i told everyone we're going to play it straight today it's a subdued this is a real football talk and then people started to get weird <laughs> it's not me i i didn't i wasn't doing it i didn't want it to happen
2: it's your effect you, it's, you rub off on people that, that is disgusting. the effect. You change you
0: change the air in the room <laughs> that's, that's, so, so then here we go just getting you uh fluffed up and ready for weekend kickoff (laughs) and that's what's gonna happen i don't know what else do we need to say berm like not everybody watches both shows or gets to the end of the shenanigans on this one so they're gonna have to stay tuned for that um you'll see it uh berm has to be careful he wants to play sarah mclaughlin i'm not sure we're allowed to do that on youtube without yeah i'm afraid we'll be monetized i will remember you
2: by sarah mclaughlin in place of the video Hey, did you guys know that 18 of Kate Stover's 23 receptions have been first downs?
1: No, but that adds up. It doesn't seem like he catches the ball unless he's running 12 yards downfield on <laughs> yeah. both
0: plays. So, Berman. <laughs> Berman and I have moved on to nonsense shenanigans, and Bill's like, "Wait a minute, I'm going to keep doing football stuff over here." Kate is going to win to the. Award. I'm
2: just con- I'm I'm convincing myself that he's going to win the Mackey award. Yeah, it's possible.
0: Awesome.
1: I, I'm 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 upset about the weekend kickoff thing because we missed the you know, the biggest thing of the game for you guys and for Bob and for Zach. Um, Bill and Bobby were both saying the biggest thing for the game is the running game for Ohio State, making sure that they have one. Austin, I don't remember yours or Zach. No, mine
2: was was stopping Penn State's run game.
0: Yeah, so that Drew Aller has to convert third and longs. Zach talked a lot about the run game uh, and Dallin Hayden, and I said Ohio State's special teams had to not be a complete disaster. Uh, I'm sorry, they should be average and that would be good enough Um, because it's been a major problem. And in a matchup game, you cannot give away yardage. You cannot give away the football carelessly, uh, give up blocks, block punts, block field goals. We've seen those in this game against Penn State in the past. Kickoff returns for touchdown. You know, you, you can't afford to give that stuff away cheaply. Every play matters. The punt is important. It is one of the most important plays in football and you can't forget that. especially if you have a talented roster and a full-time special teams coordinator.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good thought to say goodbye.
0: We will. Um, Thanks for joining us uh, on a Friday, freaky Friday version of the podcast daily. Of course it's bold predictions. One more day away from Ohio state, Penn state noon in the horseshoe get there early. Uh, we will be there extremely early early. The whole crew will be there. Uh, Bill and Doug will both be there. Uh, Berman, and I, of course, will be so full coverage uh, on deck for this one. Can't wait uh, for Bill and Berman. I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later.